Hi guys, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Melanated Way, I'm Linda Entwee. I already am gonna tell you that I'm gonna be talking crazy today. So, you know, collect your pearls, collect your pearls. We are covering season four, episode 12 of Seeking Sister Wife, an emotional roller coaster. And hey, Crystal, hey girl, hey. I'm gonna do a bit of housekeeping First, real quick, uh, bottom of your screen, you can see where you can support the show via Venmo, PayPal, and such, as well as there's super chats and super stickers and super thanks available. And your all your support uh, helps me continue to make these shows. Um, I was supposed to have a guest with me. The guest was not able to make it today. Hopefully, we'll be able to have that person on sooner than later because... I really need some answers to this season. I really need some answers immediately. Hey, Raydella. So we're just gonna jump right in. The Merrifields. I just, I just need to tell you again. I'm going to be talking a lot of shit. So just know that. So Danielle and Garrick, you know, they're still in Brazil. They're still with their sister wife, Roberta. And I already see what's happening here. Roberta is laying the foundation for her not to come to Colorado. She's having all the issues now and she's bringing up all the issues because she don't want to be with these people. So they're at the beach, Copacabana Beach and Garrick and Danielle are feeling really good about how things went with Roberta's mom last episode. And they're really excited to have her come and be a sister wife. And by they, I mean Garrick because honestly, that's all he cares about. He only cares about getting this woman to Colorado because that's who he wants to be with, period. So <clears throat> they're walking on the beach and Roberta, through the translator, asks Garrick to give her some alone time with Danielle. And she asked all the right questions, you guys, because just like us from last season where Danielle was so, so jealous of Roberta. She didn't really even want to have a sister wife, but I think Danielle feels like she can't stand up to her long-term husband because he will leave her. Do you hear me? She will leave. He will leave her. Cause that's how he feels. Like he, he wants to live this life, but he wants Danielle to take care of the kids and just be there but he wants to do what he wants to do. And so she knows this and that's why she's going along with this. But really in her heart, you guys, she doesn't want this lifestyle. And Roberta knows it. So Roberta's like, you know, I want to know if you're doing this for Garrick only, or is it truly something that you desire to add another person to your relationship? <clears throat> and then she goes on to say, this is Roberta. Since the beginning, you said you were jealous and too jealous and that you don't exist in his heart anymore. And everything that she just said was everything that I've been feeling this whole season. I know you guys have been feeling it too, where it's like you have a full-on wife and two kids with her, and you've been with her forever, but you're acting her like she's nothing to you. Like all this attention you're giving Roberta, you don't give that same energy and attention to your long-term wife. And that's exactly it. And, and Roberta noticed it. And Danielle knows it. And so when she said, you don't exist in his heart anymore, I felt that for her because that's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. You don't care about her. 
They don't care about her. She's just there. So Roberta's like, are you doing this just for him? Because I would never be able to forgive myself if you were just doing it because this is what he wants to do, which you guys, I continue to ask the same question. What do the women get out of these situations? The men get everything that they want and then some, right? They get the all the wives, the multiple wives, the women to care for the children if there are children, to cook for them, to clean for them, to just be there whenever they need at their beck and call. And they have to split time with one husband. What do the women get out of this? I am trying to figure it out. I really am trying to figure it out. Why do they need to share? And then the man just gets everything in abundance. Makes no sense to me. And Danielle admits it. She's like, the first time that we decided to do this, it was very hard for me. And she starts crying. She's like, when I allowed Garrett to do this, it was very hard, but it was something that he wanted to do. And she said, and that first trip was very hard for her. And she starts crying. And we all saw how hard it was. She was so jealous because it's not what she wants. She's been with this man for 20 plus years. And all of a sudden now he wants other women because you're going to have a polyamorous, polygamous lifestyle. Come on now. Danielle doesn't really want this, but she can't say that she really wants this. And you know what else I noticed, you guys? I noticed that even in the way, like her diction, the way she presents herself, she presents herself like this. Like she's very, very... quiet speaking even though she's not really that way it's almost like she has to be submissive so that she doesn't come across as independent and strong that she truly is it's really weird you guys it's just it's really it's a weird thing uh renee yeah i talked about that uh, a couple of weeks ago i broke that news long 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 time ago this that uh we're just pl- watching it play out in real time now. So <clears throat> Roberta's upset that, you know, she's like, listen, you should have told me everything. You know, you should have told me everything. You should feel like you could be open and honest with me. And Danielle's like, you know, I know, but I'm supposed to be the strong sister, which made total sense to me, right? She's supposed to be strong, have no feelings about anything and just go along with whatever Garrick wants her to do. And so Roberta's like, you learned, listen, I'm not going to do it and I won't do it. I'll never do it if I think you're not doing this because you want it. And that's the thing. We all know she doesn't want it. We all know that she doesn't want it. Exactly. This relationship does not allow Danielle to be honest with herself. It's not. And my question, you guys, and I know that it's hard when you're in long-term relationships, but where does she find her happiness? Where does she find her happiness? And why can it be equal happiness to her husband? And if her husband is the one that only wants this, why does she have to go along with it? Why? And do you go along with something so much just because you've been with something, someone for so long? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. So... <clears throat> Um, Danielle says to her, 
in that soft voice, no, I want it. But I beg to differ. And I don't think that she would actually even tell Roberta the truth. Because can you imagine if she said, no, this is not what I want to do. And then Roberta told Garrett, that would blow up the whole spot. Garrett would freak out. He would freak out. And that would be the end of Danielle. Honestly, so of course she's not going to be truly honest with how she really feels because she can't because she knows that Garrett has everything riding on this. And even last week, she talked about how Garrett has been so sad without Roberta. Can you imagine? He's living his whole life in Colorado with a full-on wife and he's moping around because this other wife that he wants, he hasn't been able to see her for a long Stop it. Just stop it. So then Roberta says the other thing that's that's really messing with her is that, you know, they wanted to add another sister wife before she even got to the U.S. And, you know, I beg to differ. They were never going to be with Leah. Like, not ever. That was not a match. It was not a match. It was not a match. Garrick wasn't feeling her because you can tell when Garrick is feeling someone because look how he treats Roberta. He wasn't feeling her. He wasn't feeling Danielle. If anything, they would have brought Leah in to occupy Danielle so that Garrett can spend all of his time with Roberta, honestly. So <clears throat> Roberta's still really upset about it because she's like, you know, this is my time. I'm not even in the U.S. yet, and you guys are already looking for someone else. Like, how, how do I fit into this picture? And are you just collecting lives, right? Like, you, we've gone on a few vacations together. But I haven't even settled into the family yet. And you're already looking for, you know, wife number four or three. Um, and they talk about how it's been hard to communicate. Yeah, because none of y'all speak each other's language. You don't even know. You don't even know each other. I think you don't even know each other. This is just one big fetish for, get, for Garrick. And that's it. Y'all talk through this translator app. What is that going to look like when she moves in? This is all a fetish. It's all lust. It's all him romanticizing the Latina woman that he wants to conquer and own, honestly. Because you haven't, he hasn't made no effort, you guys, to even learn the language. Roberta knows a bit of English, but does he even know any Portuguese? No, he doesn't. They need to go to therapy whether Roberta was in the situation or not. I'm tired of seeing them cry every episode. Facts. Facts. Um, <clears throat> so Danielle, speaking of crying, Danielle starts crying. And she's like, I can't handle this right now. I need a break right now. I'm not calling Roberta wrong for bringing this up. But I just, I just can't handle this right now. And so she goes over to Garrick and tells Garrick everything that Roberta just said. And Garrick gets defensive and wants to know why Roberta's bringing up past stuff because it's not healthy to bring up stuff in the past. You just have to move forward. And I was like, you know what? First of all, let me tell you why he doesn't want her to bring this up because he told Danielle that Roberta was okay with them courting and dating to find another sister wife. But if you go back to the episode where he was talking to Roberta about finding a new sister wife, she was against it. So he in turn lied. 
So he lied to Danielle so that he could get what he wanted and he wants another sister wife. He just wants all the other women. And so now it's blowing up in his face. And so he doesn't want to talk about the past because guess what, Garrett, you'll be caught in a lie. You told one of your sister wives one thing and the other sister wife another thing. Why? Because you're selfish and you wanted to do what you wanted to do. So they feel like they need to have a family conference. And so they're at the beach, Garrett, (laughs) Roberta, and Danielle. And I was like, where's the translator? Like, why are we having this broken little conversation when you brought a full-on translator with you? Where is she? She was there in the beginning and now she's gone. Did Did she only work a few hours and that's it? However, so... Roberta's trying to like bring up her feelings and discuss how she's feeling about this whole situation. And you guys watch me, watch me right now. I was so irritated because this is Garrick while she's trying to get out her feelings. He's like this. I'm like, will you get your stupid hands off her face? Like you manhandling her and like treating her like she's some exotic toy. And you're just like, oh, Fuck, dude, like, just stop. It was so irritating. As he's, like, rubbing all over her face, she's almost on the verge of tears and saying the exact same thing that she said to to Danielle. Listen, I didn't appreciate the fact that you guys were dating. I don't feel special. I didn't even get to the U.S. yet. I don't have right, Tamika, touching her face like a serial killer. It was so irritating, Tamika. Facts right there. so she's like, you know, I just haven't had my time yet. I don't feel special. I feel like I'm a collection. You're collecting wives and you don't even care how long you've been with the wife. I'm not even a wife yet. And you're already looking for your next wife. So she's not impressed with it. And she's not feeling it at all. And then he's like, we don't mean to hurt you. I don't mean to hurt you. I'm sorry. I won't do it anymore. And Danielle's like, it looks like Roberta's not ready for a new wife yet. And she's like, yeah, it doesn't make it feel special for me. I haven't had any special time with you yet. And you're already on to the next. And think about that, you guys. They're already on to the next. And they barely have gotten this situation down packed. Ridiculous ridiculous <clears throat> so both Garrett and Danielle feel like Roberta needs to keep the past behind them and I was like well you can't keep the past behind you if you haven't resolved the past so if Roberta still has issues and she hasn't seen you in person and then now you're here it's okay for her to address the issues that she's not passed yet because she's not passed them How do you move forward when you don't deal with the past? Just because they're in the past doesn't mean, oh, they're in the past, that's it, they're resolved. Make it make sense. So it's the next day, they're having breakfast and they're looking for plane tickets. And again, they're speaking through like a translator app and like broken English. And I was like, where is the translator? She's staying at the Airbnb with y'all. Where is she? 
She disappeared from the beach yesterday and she's nowhere to be found. And so now we're back to this irritating phone app situation. So Danielle asked Roberta, you know, are you ready to leave and come with us finally? And Roberta was silent for quite a long time. And then she said, yeah, of course. But she's happy that they're finally going to be a family in Colorado, but she's very sad to leave her, her mom because she's that close with her mom. But Garrett quickly pressed presses the button to purchase the tickets. Allegedly in four weeks, she's going to finally be able to come over to the U.S. because he bought the ticket. I don't believe it for one minute because in the preview for next week, Roberta is already bringing up another issue. So all of these issues, she's, she's setting the foundation for her not to come to the U.S. and be with them. That's what's happening right now. You, you're seeing her literally set up her situation where she can be like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't want to do this. Boom, I'm not coming. The translator had the day off. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. On to the apps. I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm, I'm really sorry, but I just, I don't know if it's because <clears throat> I just can't hang with all the men this season just seem lame. And I'm sorry if this seems very shallow of me, but I don't understand where Marcus gets his audacity from because he's so friggin' little. He's like so little. And he walks around, what is it called? The Napoleon syndrome, short man syndrome. He walks around like his shit don't stick. And he's the man and all the women want him. And I just, dude, you don't even, you don't even come to the top of a car door. So like, what are you even talking about right now? And you got all these demands and you expect all these women to be with you for what? All right. Thank you for listening to that. Cause I just, I don't, don't get it. <clears throat> so Marcus went to see Janae and didn't come home. And you know how India feels about that, right? She like, you should be home by 3am. Like that's, that's your curfew. Figure it out. And so she's pissed off. She's pissed off. And Tamika's like not top of a car. Do Listen, Tamika, I can prove it. I had pictures last time. I had pictures and I showed y'all last time how ridiculously small this dude is. Like, even if I pull this up, even if I, well, it's not a big enough picture, but I'll <clears throat> see if I can find another one. See how little he is compared to uh, Taryn in India? You see that? They have full heads above him. That's how little he is. Talking about he's a man and he's going to have a bunch of sister wives. No, you know what? You know what? No, you're not. So, <clears throat> just no. So, he walks in. As soon as India is like nice and riled up, he walks in. All he says is good morning and he knows he's already in trouble. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, nothing effing happened. But he's nervous, right? Because he knows not only is he in trouble with India, but he's in trouble with Taryn because he knows. First of all, I'm going to tell you, yes, something did happen because let's look at the history of Marcus. Marcus is a serial cheater. Okay, he's a serial cheater. That's why Taryn left him 
when they first got married, like when they were married, and it was just the two of them because he continued to cheat. If you look him up and you'll see that he's got 10 kids with eight different baby mamas, 10, okay? And even as soon as Taryn left him, boom, he got India. But not only did he have India, he was dating Janae in between that situation as well. So he just wants to like throw his little pecker around all over the place and wrap it up in a bow and call it polygamy. But let's just call it what it is. He wants he wants to run amok. He wants to act like he's a single man. So he should go and help go ahead and be a single man and didn't do whatever you want to do because this ain't it. This ain't it. And, and you're short. No, thank you. So <clears throat> he's trying to explain himself. He said nothing happened, you know. Um although he feels that they're justified in being mad at him and that he should not have stayed out all night, he couldn't do anything his bad because he just fell asleep. They went out for drinks allegedly, then they chilled out and he fell asleep. Yeah, it sounds really believable. So believable um, that when he says, you know, not coming home, is not a big deal. And India gave him the look of death. And she's like, you know what? I already know that he's feeding us bull bullshit. Yeah, you know he's feeding us bullshit because you know who your man is. And you know how you met your man. Your man presented himself as if he was a single man, got you all riled up and into the situation, and then said, oh, by the way, I have a wife at home. So now I want you to be in a polygamous lifestyle with me. You down? Okay, cool. So I'll just continue to call you my fiance, even though there's no way I can marry you because I'm still married over here. And that's not how it works in the United States of America. Got it. So she's pissed because she's like, you know what? There's a lack of communication and there's a lack of respect. Absolutely. But here's the thing, India, you and Taryn are so beautiful and smart and strong and all the things. What does, what is this man bringing to the table? What is this man bringing to the table? Because y'all could go out and get anyone. And you know what? You could have your own man. Like, you wouldn't even need to share this shorty, shorty two by four. So <clears throat> they have a fight about him sharing his location. And India's like, I didn't have your location. Yeah, you did. If you didn't, then Taryn and uh, who cares? It was it was inconsequential to me. The end of, at the end of this argument, Marcus apologizes to both of them. He kisses Taryn on the lips, and then he goes and kisses India on the lips. But she hasn't really forgiven him. But she's going to let the situation go because what else can she do? Vanessa says, that dude can date and screw anyone he wants, but he still can't stay within the guidelines. Well, what are even the guidelines, though, Vanessa? His curfew? Listen, he doesn't give a rat's ass. He's going to do what he wants to do. That's it. He doesn't care. Honestly, he doesn't care. When he said this is not a big deal, he literally believes that. It's not a big deal that he stayed out all night. And, you know, it is about a lack of communication and it's about a lack of respect. But if you think about it, and I'm sorry to say it, but I'm going to say it anyways. If you think about it, it is a lack of respect because if I was like, I can have these two women and let them live together 
and say that we're living a polygamous lifestyle and it's it's for their benefit, then I already don't respect them because they're allowing me to do whatever it is I want to do. And I want to have multiple women. So where where is the respect in that? ridiculous he he doesn't respect them he doesn't respect them because a he's a serial cheater he doesn't respect them because he's been able to allow them to live this lifestyle even though both of them didn't know that they were going to be living this lifestyle so he wore them down did whatever he did and they're accepting it so like why should he respect them he can just bs them like india says and keep it pushing because they ain't going anywhere outrageous so <clears throat> he asked about, you know, how their hangout with Janae went. Eh, it went okay, right? And and he doesn't know where Janae sits with all of this. All he knows is that she still calls. So that means that he she's still interested in him. So he's going to see how that plays out. But in the meantime, he's still dating Bina. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so <clears throat> he's going to spend some time with Bina and he flew her out to spend time with him. And again, I wish I took a screenshot, but when they walked into that coffee shop, even Bina was like towering over him. The door handle was here and his head was here. So they go in, they order their coffee. It's been a rocky situation with them because they've been long distance. And so it's been tipsy-turvy because, you know, long distance is hard. And he asks about her shop, right? She has a shop. And she's like, yeah, yeah, it's going well. And then he said, I would like to think that I had a hand in that because I encouraged you. And she just looked at him, rolled her eyes and started laughing. And I started laughing too. Oh, so <clears throat> you gave her a few encouraging words and now you're trying to take credit for her thriving business. You know what, Marcus, this is what I'm trying to say. Like, who, who do you think you are? Where's this audacity coming from? This woman can't be a successful businesswoman without you giving her a few encouraging words. Get, uh, just get out of here. Get out of here. So he says, you know, I see lately that she's been handling me a little bit differently. And it's because they got in a big fight because he asked her where she was going one night and she said out and he got defensive because he's like out where and she's like out. And he feels there's a disconnect there. And so he, in his own words, got out of pocket, started talking shit to her and she wasn't having it and she wasn't phased by him. And so now she's holding him at a little bit of an arm's length because she's like, I don't like to be smothered. I don't owe you. I, I don't owe you shit. You're not my man. We're not even in a real relationship yet. We're just dating. So I don't need to report to you, friend. And I don't need to tell you anything that I don't want to tell you. So if you're asking me where, I, where I'm going and I'm saying I'm going out, that should suffice. Because you ain't my daddy. You ain't my husband. You're not even my boyfriend. There's some dude that I'm dating to see if I'm going to join you, him and two other women. So <clears throat> then he said, and hear, hear this, women hear this, because I need, I need you to 
I need to know if you felt the cringe as much as I felt the cringe. He says, I want you to be accessible when I need you to be accessible. I want you to be accessible when I need you to be accessible. You know how controlling that sounds? So if she's at work running her business and you call and, and she's not accessible, then what? If you call and she says, oh, well, I'm out, and then she doesn't, doesn't give you the details, then what? If he calls and she just doesn't answer the phone, then what? I need you to be accessible when I need you to be accessible. Get the fuck out of here with all of that ridiculous ridiculous she already has a dad marcus it ain't you um she's like <clears throat> then he goes on to say you know if i ask you where you're going you should just answer me and she stood up for herself she's like you know what my answer should be enough that's it and then because she said that, guess what? All of a sudden, she's a natural rebel. Well, what? Again, you're not her dad. So she's not rebelling against you. She's not rebelling against her parents. She's standing up for herself and saying, hey, listen, I'm my own person. I don't need to report to you because who are you to me? You're not, you're not my husband. I don't need to tell you shit at all. But you're going to turn around and try to change the narrative and redirect it so that there's something wrong with me and I'm rebellious all of a sudden. You know what, Marcus? I see all the manipulation. I see all the control situations and it's just not a good look in my opinion. It's just not. It's not. You guys, the Foley's. <laughs> Listen, y'all, Brenda is off the chain. Brenda's little shitty attitude and the look she gives, she, she's not about this life. Even though she came in as a third, she is not about this life, y'all. Not about this life. And she is mad about it. She's mad about it. And it's crazy to me. So they're in the new house. <clears throat> Preston, Steve's son, flew into town. He's 18. And um, they're going to show Preston the new house. Plus, they're also going to introduce April to him. Okay. Now, he's standing in the kitchen with his son, you guys. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But he has a weird dynamic with his kids. He doesn't know how to talk to them. He treats them like strangers. They're standing in the same kitchen looking at each other, awkward because they're not even talking. So you good? Yeah, I'm good. Is Jaden good? Yeah, she's good. Like that. It's so, I, uh, I'm like, do you not know your kids at all? Do you not have a relationship with your kids at all? You're busy trying to run amok and get another woman who's barely, well, I'm going to save that. Get another woman to join your family and you don't even know how to, to deal with your own family. Like focus on your kids and your kids not be your first priority because they are your children. 
Steve brings up the conversation that they had the last time that they saw each other and that conversation didn't go well, right? Jaden said, you know, basically, I think you're disgusting. I think you're, the lifestyle you live is disgusting. And if you're going to continue to live this li lifestyle, then you're choosing that over me and I'm not going to ever visit you and I don't want to have anything to do with you, right? So he brings that up and says to us that he wants us to believe that he's been talking to Jaden every single day. Well, then if you've been talking to Jaden every single day, then why did you just have that awkward interaction with Preston and ask how Jaden was? like you didn't know. So you want us to now believe that you've been talking to her every day and that your relationship with her has gotten better and it's the best it's been in five years? I'm sorry, I just don't believe you. I don't believe you. I see I see how you're interacting with your one child in person. I don't believe that you're talking to your, your daughter every single day. Because where is she? Why didn't she come on this trip? But yet it's the best it's ever been well, it's best it's been in five years. And before those five years, like when, I don't know you guys, when do you make your children your priority? Like they're your children and you're estranged basically from them and you don't really interact with them properly. And I dare say it's because you don't make them a priority. So then he goes on to ask Preston, you know, how are you feeling about meeting April? And Preston's like, I'm not feeling anything like, it's some whatever, right? Because he's really still not 100% on board with this situation. And he knows how, you know, the relationship with his ex-wife blew up because of the dad, Steve, bringing another woman into the relationship. So he's kind of like, mm, I don't feel anything about this. So Brenda brings April in and it's awkward as fuck. It's so awkward, you guys. Everyone's just standing awkwardly around in the kitchen. And I want to say this. What it looked like, it looked like Preston, who's 18, in April that's 21, could be friends. And then it looked like April was over at Preston, her friend's parents' house. So you got these two 40-plus-something-year-olds, and then you have a 21-year-old and an 18-year-old. And you could just tell in the dynamics, like April and Preston were on the same level. They were nervous at the awkward energy, but you could tell they could be friends because, you know, one's a teenager and one's just a little bit out of her teens and never been in a real relationship before because she is that young. And so they had like this awkward high schoolish moment, but they got each other because they're on the same level. And meanwhile, you have Brendan and Steve over on the other side, not saying anything, just looking at them as if they needed to run the conversation, as if they needed to make it seem like this whole situation is normal. No, thank you. Krista says, I'm sure it's the best it's ever been if he's finally made moves to start doing the bare minimum. And Nikki says, those kids will bear the scars of this damaged relationship with their dad forever. They'll need a lot of therapy to regain a normal life. So, <clears throat> I 
April's feeling really, really nervous. She knows that it's a big deal to meet the child, but it's not really a child because it really is her peer because they're in the same age bracket. And I just think, you guys, it just seemed, it seems so predatorial. You know how we talked about um, Ben and how Ben is, you know, 50 or however old he is. And he's like double the age of whatever her name is. And it was weird to us. We all were like, it's very, it has a predatory vibe. Same thing here. I feel like Steve has a predatory vibe. Like, how can he stand in the same kitchen, look at his 18-year-old son, and then look at April, who's 21, but wants April to be his lover? It's just, it's weird. They're like three years apart. So if the situation was, was flipped, would he be okay with some... 40 something year old woman wanting to date his 18 year old kid, or even let's say a 35 year old woman wanting to date his 18 year old kid. Would be he okay with that? I just think, yeah, mahogany. Thanks Kelly. I think it's weird. I just, it doesn't sit, it feels very predatory in my opinion. Um, and then, so April's super awkward and nervous, but she says she feels better that Brenda's there. And I was like, yeah, because she could be your mom and moms calm you down. You know, like that's the vibe I get. It's not like she's your buddy, even though you guys are more friendly now, but she could be your mom because she's, that's the age bracket difference there. So you're getting that calming mom vibe and that's why you feel better. But it still doesn't make this whole situation make it make sense. Or his daughter, yeah. Would he be okay with his daughter dating some old dude? And and not only some old dude, some old dude and his old wife. <sighs> Preston asked April, you know, why do you like my dad? And she's like, I don't know. It's just been easy and natural. Um, but she's nervous, though. And he's like, yeah, I'm nervous, too. Like, they were both nervous because it's not a normal thing for these young kids to be in. It's not a normal situation. And and one of the things I find so fascinating is Steve never makes the awkward situations better. He just stands there, says nothing, and let let it run amok. He did it at the dinner when Brenda freaked out on April. He just sat there. He's doing it again now. And it's just like, who are you? You're the one that's created this whole thing. So fix it. And if you can't fix it, at least try to like neutralize all this really crazy, nervous, uneasy vibes. And he just doesn't care. It's just weird. It's all very weird. So Preston's like, you know what? I'm just going to decide to support my dad um, because, you know, I want my dad to be happy. And I said this on an earlier show and I'm going to say it again. Preston just really wants to have a relationship with his dad. And so he's not going to really say how he feels because he doesn't want to be alienated from his dad. And again, I'm going back to it's unfortunate. I feel that 
he doesn't make them a priority. And I feel like the children are almost begging to say, hey, listen, we want to have a relationship with you. But he just doesn't give them anything. Like Crystal said earlier, he's doing the bare minimum and the bare minimum is not even enough. Ridiculous. All right, you guys. I need to take a sip of water before I move on to the Davis family. <laughs> Nikki says, Steve does nothing unless it's his own self-interest. He's really very weak. And Crystal says, it was hard to watch. April was struggling. If she flipped that hair one more time, she could be bald-headed. <laughs> he didn't rescue her or her or make the situation feel less less pressure. And I agree with you, Crystal, 100%. Okay. Okay. All of these men are problematic, in my opinion, this season. They're all problematic. All of them. And I have taken issue to all of them but the one that I take the most issue to because at least okay so at least with Steve Steve owns a company and he's built a new home right and it's a beautiful gorgeous home at least he's done that Marcus uh, whatever he's short he can't help himself and um, Garrick same thing owns a construction company built a, built a new house at least he's done that right now, I can't say anything about Nick because Nick doesn't do shit. He's not about shit. He ain't shit, period. So <laughs> I'm really trying to behave myself, you guys. I'm really trying to behave myself. Okay, so they're going to propose to Danielle and they're going to do it in a surprise fashion. So she has no idea that they're proposing. And so... Nick is putting on eyeliner, makeup, black eyeshadow. And I was like, what in the hell is, is he putting on eyeshadow? Is that black eyeshadow? And is Jennifer wingtipping out his mask, not mascara, his eyeliner? Is that what I'm watching right now? Y'all, this situation is already weird enough. And now you're throwing in wingtip eyeliner and black eyeshadow and like you might as well just go ahead and get some rouge on I don't even know what the hell I'm watching right now but I I don't know why are you putting on makeup what's that about what is that about and then to top it all off you have this purple shiny shirt black tie black vest pimp hat pimp chain and you're rolling out like is this is this 2022 or are you 1980 because what is this i'm just trying is this it is this it i guess what is this <laughs> so they're pre-gaming 
they're pre-gaming and they're figuring out and reminding each other that they're going to ask Danielle to marry them as a group. So the key phrase is when Nick says Danielle, then all three of them in unison will say, will you marry us? Um, okay, so glad you got to rehearse that. Didn't seem like it was that difficult, but glad you got to rehearse. Then they said that they told Danielle that they were going to pick her up for a walk downtown. My first question when I got in the car would be, if we're going for a walk, what the fuck do y'all have on? One's got this sparkly dress on. You see right here what April has on. I don't even, what is that, April? I'm not even going to go in on you, April, because you're the only one that has maybe a little bit of, I don't even know. I can't even say that. I just know, like, I don't dress like this to go for a walk. So, They told her they were picking her up for a walk downtown and they pick her up and Danielle's like, you know, I feel like this is, date is a little different because they haven't really told me much about it. Usually like we all plan the dates together, but I have a feeling like this is, there's going to be something special about this. Um, so they're proposing at the Denver clock tower and, uh, they have this set up and, you know, the table and chairs, the rose petals, champagne on ice. It's a whole experience. And because, uh... <laughs> you know, Nick spends his days reading and educating himself. So he had a little speech ready. <clears throat> he had a little speech ready for the proposal. And he's like, Wait, I got to go back to the clock. Okay, I'll do this one. So he says, the experience of time is subjective, meaning it's different for everyone. It's unique. So is love. We all get to experience it in our own unique way. Bitch, try not to be like your Einstein right here with this friggin' speech and you reminding us how many books you read. Yeah, you read books because you ain't got no job, fool. You sit around all day reading the internet. But you want to come out like you're some celestic Einstein, well-read man. I just cannot with this. So yeah, 
the experience of time is subjective, meaning it's different for everyone. It's unique. So is love. We all get to experience it in our own unique way. It's been nice getting to know you, Danielle. And as soon as he said, Danielle, what is it, you guys? All in unison. They all say, will you marry us? <clears throat> and then Danielle's like, um, oh, my God, really? She starts crying. She's silent. And she's just, like, overwhelmed. And they're like, well, is that a yes? And she's like, oh, yes, 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 it's a yes. And they bought her her birthstone. So their whole thing is anytime they're bringing in someone new, they buy the birthstone. So you see this photo of all the different rings that they're all wearing. And I was like, I don't know what it is. I think it's Wonder Wonder Kings or Wonder Woman or Wonder Something Unite. That's what I was thinking. Like, there's some cartoon that does that. Like, Power Unite. I don't know what I'm talking about. But that's what it reminded me of. I was like, first of all, there, there's no way that she didn't know that she was being proposed to because her nails match that ring 100%. And that is not a coincidence. There are no coincidences. So it's a blue sapphire. She's shocked. She's happy. Um, they were like, yeah, we just want you to know how much we love you. And we want you to feel part of the family. And, you know, we want that to happen before we all move into the new house. So you feel like it's your house, too. Um, she starts freaking out. She starts snorting. She's stumbling over her words. She can't believe it. But yes, she's going to be so happy. Can't believe that I could feel so much love. I just love you guys so much and all the things. That's it. Where is that from, Vanessa? Wonder Twins Activate. Where is that from? Where did I hear that? Wonder Twins Activate. That's how I felt in this photo, just FYI. She did snow. She did. I caught that, Tamika. She was doing all the things. It was a whole med like me right now. Homeless. I barely got through this segment because it was all so outrageous to me, you guys. It was all so outrageous. Between Nick's outfit, his speech, the whole situation. Like, I'm sorry. I know it sounds petty, but like even this little get up set up here. Like, what my grandma has a tablecloth that's very similar to that. You know what I mean? I just, I find the whole thing so crazy and over the top. Like, I just don't even know what to say. It's from the Super Friends cartoon. I don't even know if I've heard of the Super Friends, but I just know that I've heard that saying. Wonder Twins Unite. Oh, no, Wonder Twins Activate. I don't know. I pick up random stuff and then it gets all... It gets all gargled in my mind. And I'm like, you know what I'm talking about. Most people are like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, that was the show, you guys. And it was it was something. But here's the thing. The preview to next week, I feel like Danielle is going to come to her senses. Because when Danielle, when I saw in the preview that Danielle was like, but he doesn't even work. I was like, there you go, girl. There you go. There you go. Use your brain. They're bringing you in so that you can work. April can work. Jennifer can work. And Nick can go online and read all the things he wants to read all day. Outrageous. How is Nick the prize, y'all? I want you to I want you to think about this and come back with some answers. 
how is Nick the prize? Because if he does not give off big pimp energy, because pimps don't work, right? It's the same. He's literally pimping them if you think about it. They may not be sex workers, but they're working and they're bringing home the money and he spends it. Like I thought about, so who bought the ring? You ain't got no job. So April and Jennifer had to chip in for the ring for Danielle, but you get all the benefits. So you're just going to be the one that sleeps with Danielle. Like how is, like, I don't even, I can't respect him because he doesn't bring anything to the table, you guys. And he's stuck in, I don't know what year, but this ain't it. This look ain't it. Facts. Nikki says they needed Danielle to help pay that bigger mortgage. Facts. You guys aren't wrong. Anyways, that's the show, you guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, thank you for being here. And uh, thanks for listening to me through my laughter. I literally had tears in my eyes this last section. Uh, I'll see you guys all tomorrow or later or soon. Bye for now.